Welcome everybody to the season finale, the season two finale of Live from the Dutch Hall. That's it? Yeah, that's it. All right. No fanfare at all. No applause. Nothing. No, all right. Oh. This is the. <laughs> Thank you, Beaver. At least I brought you someone in the clap. I can't believe it. After two two years of doing this nonsense every Thursday, my wife keeps letting me do it. I can't believe it. I pulled it off this long. It's like the biggest trick I've ever pulled. It's the biggest my, run ever. Yeah. Every Thursday, I'm going to get drunk in my back shed. Why? Well, you know, it, I'm, it's kind of like a job. I made 50 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with that? In two years. Yeah, it's great. I'm really rolling in it. Someone recognized my bartender at a grocery store one time. The fame has gone to his head. <laughs> you know what you got tonight, everyone that tuned in to Live from the Dutch Hall tonight? We got the season finale. We're going to make it better than the one we did last year, even. Because we got the same star of last year's season finale. Our scientific correspondent, Tom Bowen, is here on the show. Hey, hey. We Thanks, got, guys. We got the newlywed. The waitress of the show, <laughs> the Beaver, yeah, Derek buddy. Van Hooten, is in the house tonight. All right. As always, we have my bartender and my brother, oh. Paul Van Dyke, is here. And the yeah. decimated version of the Nocturnal Emissions, the leader starring, of the band. starring only our band leader, the man, the island. Steve, the reluctant German, is here. Yeah. coming. And along with myself, your host, Pete Van Dyke, two-time President's Club Award winner. <laughs> we are the road-tripping, alcohol-sipping, pepperette-eating, iron-sheet-meeting, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, best goddamn podcast in the world. Play the fucking theme song, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I really made catch. a save there, yeah. Nice one. <laughs> could have got bad in a hurry. Yeah, it's a way to celebrate. It's the <laughs> yeah, end yeah. of two seasons of Life from the Dutch Hall. I decided to spill beer all over my uh, phone and computer to start. Pay <laughs> hey, beer on the equipment. Yeah, why not? Why not? So we are season, uh, We got our, uh, this is, I said, the season finale, and it's one of those weeks, those rare weeks where we can have the whole band together. It's something we all look forward to every three weeks when the man that writes the music for the show, Dave Charters, uh, shows his graces us with his presence, and uh, because it works out with his shifts. And the last one, he had a sick child, and I can't make fun of a person for a sick child. I remember I granted him grace. I didn't ride him at all, right? You know, no problems at all, right? That's nice of you. Three weeks later, it's his week again. You know, looking forward to it. Everyone's looking forward to having the rooster in the house. You know, we had the Haitian dwarf last week. He's he insisted that we bring back the rooster. You know, like we've been somehow keeping him away from doing his job as the person in the nocturnal emissions but this is his week to come and what happens is he uh, calls in sick he calls himself in sick you know here we have our scientific correspondent 
He's come here today. He's got. He's he was a uh, he was in uh, horrible pain with a migraine. Could barely see. Is this right, Tom? Yeah, last night it was running on li- little sleep. Little sleep. Little sleep. Four till seven. Yeah, and then what he's done is he's sacrificed and he's coming in here today. Uh, the scientific correspondent, where the person here obligation to the show. He's considered to be one of he he takes credit all the time for being part of the show. He, he's he's going around like he's a big deal all over the place with that crazy mustache, right? <laughs> and here this son of a bitch, he calls in sick on his one day. Well, so I get left, and now I'm like, well, at least it's gonna be Mike and Steve, you know? At least it's gonna be Mike and Steve. And then all of a sudden, Boom. Mike Boat calls in the band, the old band leader, I believe. Sick in love. He, yeah, he's he's claiming food poisoning. Sure. Stranded at his at his beautiful young lady's <laughs> abode. It's a convenient place to be sitting right. there. Oh, I need to be cared for. <laughs> what I need is someone to pe- to care for my needs. <laughs> I'm, my tummy is sore. Please rub it, <laughs> young beautiful woman. <laughs> right. I know your game, Mike Bo. If you have sniffles, I think it's a sniffle out the front of your cock. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty prick. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a little suspicious on both of these guys not showing up today, but we can trust our, our, our uh, latest uh, addition to Nocturnal Emissions, Steve the Reluctant German, to carry the weight of this. I got, I got you. You got me, right, Steve? I got you, man. Yeah, this is, what's, this is what I like. You find a person with four children that lives there, does a good job as a father, sits there all day long, and just, just goes through the the chaos that is four children, right? That you live with, right, Steve? That's right. I don't know if the audience really knows that, that you ha- that you live in a, in a in a zoo that is a four child family, right? That's correct. I, I grew up in one of those families. I I know it well, you know. And they're great households to live in, but every once in a while, it's nice to get a little break from it, isn't it? I you know it's a it's a really nice uh, way to spend a Thursday evening. So it worked out pretty good for Absolutely. me to trap trap you into this kind of lair that I have, right? And, right. I, and we get it every week because those two other two are proving themselves to be completely incompetent. It's awful. And I believe liars. Paul, do you think there's <laughs> is there any chance that I should uh, play Dave's call-in message? No, my my son today uh, called me from school, called in sick, and uh, I listened to that message from Dave, and it has that sake fix, uh, <laughs> sick voice, you know, yep. like, oh, I'm going to die, right? <laughs> <laughs> calls Pete. Oh, so sick, right? And then uh, hung up the phone. Probably went grabbed his guitar in his underwear, playing guitar in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> just like risky business. You know, I I think uh, and you hear the sniffle the one time he did the snort, <laughs> like he was doing that, like he's able to sell it that he's really sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullshit. You know what I think about charters? He's. I don't think he's. I think that maybe and and I don't know. This is only a theory. It's bothering me, though. It's in the back of my brain, and I can't really let it go. Is I, I think I, there's something I found out. It was last week. I was listening to our spinoff show, you know, uh, Life, Life from Barbie Mansion. Life oh, yeah. from the Barbie Mansion. You know those girls, Paul? Yes, those girls. Well, they're still doing that podcast, so I listened to it just to give it a listen. You know, they, they, all, they uh, follow all my stuff, and they support my show, so I figured I should support their show. So I listened to the episode. And I got to play you a clip from the show because, to me, I think it's it's a real telltale s- a sign of uh, what Dave Char has been working for that show. You know that? Mm-hmm. Oh, like the, he hasn't even been working for our show. No, he hasn't been doing a lick a lick of fuck all <laughs> with our show. But with uh, this these these broads down in in uh, Tennessee, well now uh, Carol North Carolina or wherever wherever they're from, those those broads 
are uh, taking his, him away with flashing a few little uh, fluttering eyelashes, and this old oh. creepy Catholic <laughs> is fucking jumping through all the hoops for him. Just a right? dirtbag. Just a dirtbag. And I know nothing wrong with dirtbags, Paul. You know that? We were, here in the Dutch Hall, we support dirtbags. We're anti-douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> but we are pro-dirtbag. All dirtbags are welcome in the Dutch Hall. That, but speaking of which... <laughs> we got a live studio audience here today, and I just don't think I'm, I don't didn't mention it, but we do actually have a live studio audience here. So I want to thank our live studio All audience, right. Ben DeConnick, for coming in. It's always nice to have the pop-in visitors. Not to say that you're a dirtbag, Ben, but I, I mean that I mean that in a in a in, a, in the most complimentary fashion I can. You know, I think dirtbags are understand. I get those people; they're my people, right? Douchebags, on the other hand, I don't understand. You know, there's a there's a difference. You know. A dirt bag? You, would you understand? Would you? You know what I'm talking about? Like the yeah. distinction between a dirt bag and a douche bag. You know? I would say, you know, like uh, a guy who's like, um, like, uh, like we were, you, you were talking about it today. You're dealing with a customer, right? And then you're like, uh, and then you're different than when you're talking to the customer. You don't say <laughs> the same things that you're thinking in your head. Yes. You know what I mean? That's and a if, dirt bag. <laughs> yeah, the dirt bag. Is the guy in your head? The guy in your head is a real fucking dirtbag, right? <laughs> yeah. And the more you listen to the guy in your head, the dirtbag in your head, who's a filthy prick, by the way. <laughs> this guy is a—he's the dirtiest fucking guy I've ever even considered. Like, holy shit, is he into weird stuff? And I gotta always cool him down. I'm like, all right, like, like easy about that, you know? I don't think that's gonna wash, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so some people's dirt bags are louder than others, and some people listen to their dirt bag more than others, right? Yeah. But a douchebag's a different thing. A douchebag looks at themselves uh, in a real like positive light, I think, eh? Like a douchebag's got a high opinion of themselves, right? And they like I think a dirt bag would know he's dirty, you know? Like there's some certain amount of shame with being a dirt bag. You know, it's not the best, but you can't help it. I'm just a perv. I just slow down past the high school and look at the girls or whatever you know like one of those kind of guys nice. i know a guy that's uh, close to the show his father <laughs> lived close to uh high school and well into his 60s he would drive into the, like the the neighboring yards because he was head cocked looking at the high school girls as he drove off <laughs> <laughs> i think there's a certain amount of that in all of us you know like the, you sometimes you listen to it more than others you know usually you're passing and you're like don't just look straight and keep driving you know but every once in a while there's one girl blossomed a little earlier and she catches your eye and then all of a sudden it brings you right back to dirty thoughts right you know what i'm saying it's a lot easier though now that we've got you, older daughters yeah, yeah, the, the that's dirt right. Bag, a, the dirt bag is shut him down right away. That's right. Like you want to, you want to be. It's like, a kryptonite. Be honorable. Yeah. It's a kryptonite for the dirt bag. That's yeah. why when I know a guy, it's a real dirt bag. Like, you know, a, a buddy of yours, and they say they're having a kid, but they're a real prick to women. Like you've seen them with, you know, they're those guys are like like uh, like uh, like whores, you know, like guys that are <laughs> or studs, I suppose you'd call them, right? Like guys that are uh, tagging lots of broads, you know, okay. Paul, yeah. you know what I'm saying? No, I don't know what you're talking about, Pete. <laughs> there's certain people. Are you giving us there's here? certain people. <laughs> these kind of guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain amount, like like those guys. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. What were we talking about? Dirt bags and uh, douchebags. Douchebags, you know, douchebags have a high opinion uh -oh. of themselves, right? And so they end up, they end up, uh, they're like more greasy, like where a dirtbag's ashamed of himself. You yes. see what I'm saying? 
because it's dirty, but you just can't help it. But that <laughs> that douchebag thinks he, he's the greatest. He loves himself. He goes and does really stupid douchebaggy things, like Horrible buys things. like flashy things, gets his teeth whitened, you know. He gets orange stuff on his like a face you know what i'm talking about yeah. spray tan like a spray tan like donald trump right <laughs> <laughs> you know we've known a lot of those douchebags too we run into them every once in a while oh, they're all over the place oh god they're oh you try working at a bank they are they're crawling all they're crawling off the walls in the, in the bank <laughs> you ever see how many douchebags that work at a bank remember that one we used to know that moved away what total, total douchebag <laughs> won't say any names but well uh, a banker no 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 oh no more a like a developer oh, that, oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. but that always comes for that confidence eh? like if you're a confident guy you're gonna come across a bit douchey eh? but if you if you're like uh if you're more like uh self-deprecating then you come across more like uh uh like flawed but good yeah. like and that's more like a dirtbag you know what i'm saying okay. Trying your best. You just listen to that devil side more than the angel side. Yeah, yeah. The devil side's so fun, though. So here's some of the ideas he has. It's just, they're just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I really have a hard time not doing half of them. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, we have Charters uh, on. He's uh, doing work for this Life from Barbie Mansion. I got a clip to play from it. I'm just going to see if I can work this out. Alrighty, no. So the Charters writes, writes a theme song for him. This is called the Creep of the Week. I'll play the theme song that Charters writes, and then it goes into that he's written, and then I'll go into them uh, their opinion of Dave Charters. Okay, so here we go. What are you wearing right now? You look nothing like your picture. I found him on Craigslist. He might be the one. And as always, we always want to say a big thank you to Dave Charters, who writes most of the music for the show. Most of the music to our show. And we want to give it, I mean, Dave Charters, he's he's fantastic. Dave Charters, I think, makes life from the Barbie Mansion. He, You know, he does. He makes um, all these little special things. And we have some new segments coming up that we hopefully will have him help us write some new jingles for that. Because he's such a great songwriter and such a great asset to our show. He's so, so talented. He's so talented. And he doesn't need a whole band. He just needs him and a guitar. Exactly. And he's, he, he's fantastic. So, so not to sing his praises too much. We don't want to make his ego too big. That was the clip. Of course, uh, technical difficulties are one of the traditions we like to hold true to this show. So we just spliced in the clip of Charters. And you hear those girls blowing smoke up his ass? Well, they're like fucking rainbows up his ass. Oh, my God. I've never heard of them, someone lay it on so thick in all my life, eh? And this is, uh, this is what this guy needs? Is this, is this what he's done? Is he left? Is he, is he, is he basically... He's a fucking sellout. Was he seeing another podcast behind my back is what he's doing. He's being nothing but a cheating whore. That's what he is. If I find out that he's not sick at all today, but in fact, that fat Polak is sitting at home in his bed uh, just writing songs for the goddamn Barbie Mansion girls because they're fluttering eyelashes and, and uh, throwing a few compliments up his ass, I think I'm going to freaking strangle that bastard when I see him on, on Tuesday morning for that thing. That's what I'm going to do if yeah. I find out this is true. You know, I made that son of a bitch. Hey, what are you know what he was doing before? They find out he doesn't have no talent. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a real eye opener for those girls once they find it out. Yeah. God damn, have you heard his singing voice? <laughs> not, not the, <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what that, that fucker was doing before I found him? He was he was busking on the street with his guitar, 
and he made it, he he didn't make enough money. He had to still blow guys to get cab ride home. <laughs> That's when I found him with his first guitar. Uh, you know, man. and then and then when he met me, he was down a down a hand jobs. And then eventually, he stopped doing it all together. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a, that's really a real touching, success story. story. <laughs> it's a real success story. And this guy has the nerve to go cheat on me with another podcast. I'm horrified. I'm horrified after what I've done for him. Yeah. Anyways. What a douchebag. He's letting you in on all since secrets. That, <laughs> secrets are getting passed. You know, you, know, you know, since that time, he's become a, sta- a stauncher Catholic than he once was. And he married a good woman. And that's what saved him. That and my guidance. <laughs> Your guidance. <laughs> yeah, those two things. Those are the only things to get start, charter straight. Amen. But anyways, we don't need them. We're moving on with the season finale without them. And one thing that we really like to do on this show is every once in a while we'd like to talk about what's going on in the world as far as, uh, as far as, uh, um, as we just, we're just curious. We're like kittens, right? And so we think about things. And a lot of times we need a scientific correspondent in order to set it straight. And for a lot of times in the show, we used you, Tom Bowen, to, uh, to, be, you know, to be our scientific correspondent, and we've trusted your, uh, your expertise in, su- in such matters. Well, hopefully you realize sometimes I make shit up, but that's okay. Yeah. You, you, you know what, though? I, I kind of figured a lot of that. But <laughs> but the, a lot of the audience really thinks that you like they really think that you know what you're talking about. Well, if you use big words. Yeah, yeah. It, it throws them off. Eh? It, it sort boggles them. them. Yeah. Boggles them. Yeah, you like Bullshit that? baffles brains. And you got her. Oh, yes. There's got to be a bigger word way to say that, <clears throat> but I can't think of it. Well, it discombobulates them. <clears throat> oh, yes. Oh, there's a good one. That one sounds made up. That word sounds made up altogether. Oh, she's real. Really discombobulate? Yep. Look her up. Well, because usually in a regular state, you're combobulated, right? And then after a while, you become discombobulated. And then... Uh, so that would, but I'm ordinary. Like right now, I'm combobulated, right? Yeah, yeah, you got it going on. But I, you never hear combobulated, but you hear discombobulated. That's right. It's curious to me. That's not what, about a matter of science, is it, Tom? No, no, no. That's, it's not that's a matter English. of science. That's just that's grammar. <laughs> I could talk to Steve about that stuff, right? right. You good at that? I'm good at that stuff. See, I knew it just by looking at him. He wears that coat. I wear, I wear it makes coat. you look like a professor. He does. That's right. You know, yeah, that's another thing that people can't see German. on the on, on the po- on a podcast. You can't see Steve, the reluctant German, is always the best dressed guy when he comes into the Dutch hall. He makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I tell him all the time. Oh, it does. It makes Paul very uncomfortable. He's fucking overdressed. You don't like it. <laughs> You remember? And remember, did I, I tell a story about? Uh, I don't know which show I told it on. How I saw the bank, how I saw the uh, bankers when I was waiting for my Chinese food. Yeah. And that made me real mad. <laughs> I, I have to sl- concentrate on Steve's undershirt, and not not concentrate on the jacket, because and then I can then I can tolerate you, Steve. That's awesome. what it is. Otherwise, it gives me like nom flashbacks. <laughs> so when I used to have to do that shit for a living. He looks good, but he's got a little road dirt on his toque. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rough ride to the to the studio tonight. Totally stupid. Yeah, yeah. You just your hat blew out the window. It's like as if a sign from God. Right? Yeah, it was crazy. You, you know what? Go out there and look in the ditch and think about the choices you're making. Ah, <laughs> uh, my outer douchebag. Yeah. So Tom, one of the things that I was thinking about is. Um, Right, is uh, that I wanted to have you in, in on is because uh, I was thinking about. Um, well, you know what? We should probably go into feedback because it leads into, it leads into this story. I would like to talk about with Tom. Okay, I'm hanging. Yeah, let's 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 fire it up there, Steve. Oh, okay, yeah. this will be good. <laughs> All right. 
How about we do a segment we call feet? We got. <laughs> yeah, do it again. Do it again. Do it. We're gonna edit this. Do that. No, no. We're, I want to know how. What, this is this is a thing. Uh, when I'm left to sing, I'm not as good as the, those other guys. Even though I hate them terribly right now, I really hate those sons <laughs> those of bitches. Bastards, but they serve a purpose. They do serve a purpose because it's hard to do. <laughs> so like, we have a segment on this show we call feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. Oh, really? <laughs> Feedback. <laughs> so I thought, I thought do you know the, 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 the? Yeah, I know that. No, part. this is the real part. We're trying to do the real one. Yes, the actual one. Shit! I, all those other times, and then I blow the real one. What? You're not gonna do it? Oh no, we can do it. Do it. <laughs> we got feedback. 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 <laughs> <laughs> There we go. There we go. Welcome to feedback. We got feedback. Sorry about that. As every week. Fuck you, Dave. (laughs) And this is another testament to how the show has grown over the past two years. We've got three great sponsors. If you go on the Live from the Dutch Hall website, you can look at the top there. You can see the Amazon banner. If If you're in the United States, you click on the top one. If you're in Canada, you click on the one below that. And you go do all your Amazon Christmas shopping. They give you your, your goods right to your house. You don't have to go find a parking spot and deal with all those goddamn people. And a little bit of that money comes back to help the show. So please do some more Amazon shopping so that I can uh, uh, keep trying to make the show better each and every week. Also, if you want to help out, you can get some steaks for that will help you entertain over the Christmas season. You go to go to my website and you print out the coupon for VG Meats. You can go into uh, either the locations in Simcoe or Stony Creek. And you get some great freezer steaks to bring home, and a little bit of that money will come and help the show. And there's even a ground beef deal on there, too, for you. And uh, all, uh, Lakeside Vista, if you go to www.lakesidevista.ca, you can look at this great property in, in uh, southwestern Ontario. One of the nicest properties, I think. Where, where the views are beautiful, and the memories are even better. Oh, there wow. you go, Lakeside Vista. So thank you to all our sponsors. Um, this week's feedback, uh, last week's episode was uh, meet a Muslim. <laughs> meet a Muslim. It seems like when you're the only one, you're not as you're not as quick. <laughs> no, the singers. I, I'm still trying to get over the uh, the song that we. Yeah, you really. That was a real shameful thing, but I like the shame of it all. You know, when we suck, we should show people how bad we suck. It's supposed to be live from the Dutch Hall, not polished bullshit from the Dutch Hall. Right. We have to show our scars. <laughs> so anyway, so we got um. We, we did Meet a Muslim last week. That's the one that went out. And uh, by all accounts, it was the most positive social media feedback I've had on an episode. A lot of, like, uh, positive uh, way to goes and just hearts that people do. Hearts, you know. That must be good. And then uh, and, and stuff like that. Very positive. I didn't have any bad feedback uh, at all from it. And uh, so I really appreciate those people. I wish once in a while somebody would say something negative. Because I really would hope to, that it would come out. I told the guy from the newspaper that last week, too, when he came in. Who, by the way, I got some feedback from him. There you go. I got some feedback from him. <laughs> I can make him keep doing it all day. When we were, when we were, when I was getting interviewed by the paper, I, uh, they were asking me something like how, like what's been the key to our success or whatever with the show. And I, I said to him, well, I believe we building a relationship with our audience through a segment we call feedback we got feedback and then i made steve play the stingers behind me the whole time we were talking so that every time that uh i didn't make you i didn't no. make you i just like you knew you knew you just got it that's stuff. what i wanted to do i get stuff so with the whole with the whole interview i was having stingers play behind me while he's trying to do a serious interview 
And then he went when he stayed for this was for the Rick Natchez episode. It was going to come out on Christmas Eve. He was down for that one. And he sent me a, a email and said, it's the most fun he's ever had on assignment uh, ever. You know, he said he had a great time. But there's still no article written, which makes me think maybe this guy doesn't even work for the paper at all. Maybe this was a guy that wanted to come in live from the Dutch Hall and sit in the studio audience. There are easier ways to do that. Yeah, you just come in. <laughs> That's right. Or you reach out to me at live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. You send me an email. Yeah, tell me when you want to come down on, and uh, we see if there's room for you in the studio audience. We don't have many chairs, but but we, we are open to anybody who wants to come in. The open sign's on. You can come in. So uh, there's a lot of easier ways to do that. You know, and uh, anyway, so that's it. But, you know, one guy, I was at a wedding this weekend, and his wife came up to me, and she was uh, telling me how he got sick, and he started listening to our show. And then he's listened to pretty much every one since. And, he just, and he's a big fan now. And uh, he's actually shared a few episodes on Facebook. And I think, uh, I'm not sure if he does anything on Twitter, but he's one of the guys that uh, does this, does the thing where he shares uh, the episodes so more people can get their eyes on it. And he is uh, Carl Halstead, and he is our listener of the week. Carl, you're the listener of the week. You are the listener of the week. Talk about this this first. is your week. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a bad. That was. I thought we got that one. It was pretty bad. I didn't even practice. I forgot all about that one. Yeah, well, you gotta you gotta be sharp on this show. It was last minute. I got. It's an example. You know, I hated to give it to him. I thought you were gonna knock it out of the park today, Steve. Yeah. And what I've what is proven is that we need the band to get back together. <laughs> I, I agree. Maybe the maybe the words that I said to Dave yeah, earlier. Take back just a little. Charters, you know what? You, maybe we've misunderstood. We've underestimated your Don't talent. Don't start blowing rainbows up his ass like the Barbie girls. <laughs> That's sickening, man. That is really sickening. How much they love them, and they're they're going to steal them from me. You know, and I can't compete. I won't. I don't have the looks. No. I used to. I used to be beautiful. <laughs> it's all gone now. So that's feedback. You know, the only the only person that we haven't talked to in this whole segment is our good buddy, the Haitian Dwarf. And we just, and so let's hear from the Haitian Dwarf. Come on. I love that word. Oh, love the Asian dwarf. Uh, each and every week, he gives us feedback, and uh, and this week's no exception. This week on iTunes, he gave us five stars, five stars, which is a great rating. And he says, his his feedback is, in the Muslim world, midgets are considered a delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Asian dwarf, for that piece of incredible feedback. You know, uh, which. Which, uh, you know, the, the show last week was, um, was uh, Meet a Muslim. And, you know, what I was thinking about is that in, the, in light of what's happening in the news this week with Donald Trump and his uh, stance on uh, Muslims, he's, like, trying to say, like, no Muslims allowed in the country. Get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and he's, like, mo- more popular than he's ever been, you know. And, and the more ridiculous stuff he says, it seems like the more popular he gets. And it looks like, honest to God, he's going to win the Republican nomination. He's like almost—he's a the uh, almost a shoe in for it. Like it seems like this is a real so deal. Crazy. Like he might be one, their candidate for president. You I know? don't think he'll do it though. 
I think he might just get to that point and then. You know what I think? You know what I think this guy's whole platform was? I think he went to the, he's like, I want to be president, you know, come to me. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, he, like this guy, this guy's, this guy's been, this guy's been, this sounds like Schwarzenegger. I, this guy's been rich forever, right? Yeah. Like maybe he's a billionaire now, but he's born a millionaire, you know, became a billionaire, but he's like always been kind of rich. Yeah. He doesn't fucking get the majority of the population in the States. Not that a lot of those popu- po- uh, politicians do, but this guy's like saying, Tell me, uh, like, what are the, most of these people that are living uh, that are not in the uh, below me in these other, you know, in these other buildings? You know, who are they? <laughs> you know, there's people in the middle of the country too. I understand. What do they do? You know, and then and he finds a lot of them are white, right? He's like perfect. A lot of them are white, you know, and then uh, and they go, uh, and a lot of them are are really stupid, like like ridiculously stupid. Yeah, and like oh, perfect. Perfect. You know, what are they, what are they, what are they not, what do they like, what they don't like? You know, they're like, well, they hate Mexicans. He's like, great, I'll build a wall. You know, like he says, I'll build a wall and everyone gets mad that he hates Mexicans. The next day he says, you know, some of my best friends are Mexicans and uh, they heard the idea about the wall and they thought it was fantastic. You know, they thought it was great. You know, I, I have a lot of close friends that are Mexicans and they're some great people and they said that was a great idea. And then later on, He's like, uh, he's like, oh, everyone loves him. He got a bump from that, right? Yep. Then he goes and says uh, uh, that that woman was being a real bitch in the in the one debate, and he said that she was ble- she was so mad she was like bleeding out her eyes or whatever else wherever else she's bleeding from, insinuating yep. that she was on her period, right? And uh, and he he bumped again. He he went went up in the polls again, right? After saying that like this woman was just being a bitch because she's on her period. <laughs> It's unbelievable because half the men are guys and they're like, yeah, fuck my wife's a bitch when she's on her period too. <laughs> you know, like he's all of a sudden appealing to these guys. They're like, I fucking get this Trump guy, you know? <laughs> Women are bitches. Keep those goddamn Mexicans out. Like, I like what this guy's saying, right? And then uh, now he's like, I want, I need a further bump. Like, what else are these guys now? Like, oh, they're scared shitless of Muslims. It's like, perfect. They're going back. I'll just tell them we're going to send them all in carts and yeah. put them in camps and fuck. You know what the? F- it's a little scary yeah. how ignorant it is. You know? Oh, yeah. This is supposed to be the country. It's like, give us your huddled masses. You know, you're poor, you're weak or whatever it is, you know? And then it's like, now, and they're supposed to be a land of religious freedom and all the rest of it, right? Yeah. And then when you're starting to draw lines in the sand like that, like, it's pretty ridiculous, eh? It's going extreme. He's going. He's going for yeah, the but juggler, still, but he still does it, right? Yeah. Well, he's he's looking for the, the the people, and you know, a lot of it's ignorance, but it's really ignorance is just another name for fear, you know. And people are afraid of what they don't understand and what they don't know, and you know, they they see these Syrian refugees and they think, oh, well, they're just a, a bunch of terrorists uh, pretending to be refugees. Right. But the reality is, if they were terrorists, they'd be fighting. They'd be performing terror they wouldn't be waiting somewhere in a camp to come over to our country right right they said that i saw excuse me i saw like a <laughs> i saw like a, a protest where there was like a muslim protest for like some the last terrorist attack or something like that and they were saying like their sign said like 99 percent of uh people killed by terrorists are muslims you know right, like, right. Like, so like the people that are leaving there, like a lot of them, you might not, you know, if one of them are, sneaks through, that's a bad apple or whatever. They've really committed to the cause. But the the majority of them are the ones getting away from this crazy shit because they're like normal people. That is- oh, they're, they're totally normal. And actually, a lot of them are, are, are not even, 
I think the leader of ISIS was from uh, Herzegovina or something like he. He he wasn't even actually he's he's from like Russia. Oh really? He's back from those days. Eastern Bloc. Yeah, Eastern Bloc, and he's leading them all. Um, he's the commander. But you know what they're they're not understanding. If you want me to get scientific about it, and you want me to bore. I do. No, from, I, I have one other scientific question, but you go with this one. Well, yeah. if they want to be people want to be bored by it, you got to look at the history of the area that we're talking about. It used to be a, a, a beautiful lush. You know, it's like the the, the orig- or, or or where man originated from, and the so Garden the of Eden. Garden of Eden. It was beautiful, and there was plenty and right. lots of water, and 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 now it's turned into desert. The only thing that's been able to maintain these countries with these mass populations that they have is the fact they've got oil. So they that's their only resource is they dig up oil, right? So they're lacking water. They're lacking, and if you control the oil and you start putting the squeeze on all the rest of the people that are there, what do you got? You got a whole bunch of people that have nothing. You don't right. even have clean water to drink, and they, they're so they're what they're fleeing. It's it's not really about politics. It's not about religion. They're fleeing uh, an environment that they've all grown up and lived in, which can't support them. Right, right. It can in no but way. But it's getting worse. It's them. getting worse too, though. Like and it's the, getting worse, and and we've got to get used to this because as, as long as the environment keeps shutting down in different areas, and we get more desert desertification of, of of areas, and people have to move. That's what we do. And as populations increase, get right. used to the idea of people fleeing. Right, right. Okay, and it's and, and that, and, you know it's all going to be wrapped up in politics and religion. But the reality is that that oil right now. They're they're probably so afraid that oil is becoming redundant because hopefully within the next fifty years we're going to come with alternative well, fuel sources. Well, necessity is the mother so, of invention. So now now they're selling it off at what thirty thirty seven dollars a barrel, right? Cheap, 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 and it's yeah. because it's like the, the slowest the last, down. Right? It's like the last gas. Well, it is the slowest down. Right. It's to make keep everybody in love with the oil. Yeah. Right. So in the meantime, all these poor people have just been able to survive because they're the oil money has been able to create a false. Uh, society and in false environment where they can live. Like, look at Dubai. It's the reverse. Oil money, we will actually turn it back yeah, but, into a Garden of Eden, right? right That's right. what wealth can do. Yeah, but it, but is it like anything else? Is the divide between the rich and the poor is what causes the the political tension a lot of times? If there's a few people with a lot of the stuff and a lot of people with few of the like little of the stuff, well, it depends if they if they've got enough to share. And and keep most of it, then they're fine, and that's worked forever well, through I history. But I think they're running out. So now the guys who are in charge are keeping the more than a fair share. And well, what I'm saying, and what I'm saying in history is that there's always comes a time where you got the the rich get too rich, they got too much power. Then the people that are getting oppressed at the bottom or feel they're being oppressed, they do something to revolt or stand up. And it's always when the divide becomes like this is fucked. It's not sustainable. You know, like it's when. You get to the point where, like, how come all these guys got fucking shit cans of money? And I'm like, the difference between, like, there's, like, people that are, they're, most of the people struggle, right? Most of the people struggle with their life. They're, like, paycheck to paycheck. I think that's, like, most most people. Would, would you say that? Like, probably, like, uh, yeah, sure, work hard. yeah, like, they put, they work really hard, and they're, and they're just kind of getting by with all the bills that, that there are in life. But picture over there, the, the, I can only imagine, you've seen the landscapes. You must have seen the pictures. Oh, Everything's the, devastated. It's like a like a stone rubble everywhere, and people are still living there. No, I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going off that all You're all off Syria, though. Yeah, okay. No, 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 it ties back. It, it ties, ties back. back. But on this point, we're like, uh, there. most of the people just struggle to get by, okay? 
then there's and then there's like people that are like comfortable like they don't have to worry they can go out to dinner they don't have to worry if it's, they got enough credit for it or whatever you know what i'm saying mm. but they're like comfortable but they're like they're not rich rich and then the next step is like filthy fucking rich you know it's like the next gap is huge you know on how much money these guys got and it's and it's ridiculous because those guys are getting more and more powerful. They're getting more and more consolidated. So there's less of them, and they have more money. And then when it gets to the point where there's just not, it's there's not enough uh, for everyone else, you know. Then they say, "Well, we have to fucking take these guys down, right?" So we're gonna have a bol- Bolshevik uh, revolution. You well, know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's I- what happens. But you look at all these places that do revolt. They get to the tipping point where they're like, "Fuck this! Mm-hmm. It's not working anymore." And then it happens. And it's I don't think it's unique to Syria. I don't, I think there's going to come a time where that could happen in any country. It can happen in the United States. It could happen in Canada. Actually, it, it's if now the, banned to do that. Huh? You can't protest anymore in Canada legally. You can't protest the government? Yeah. Was that a Harper thing? That that whole uh, Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street thing? Yeah, they made that illegal? You can't do that anymore. That's, the, so, That's how they shut it all down. Well, we like to talk all free and brave, but I, yeah. historically we've been horrific. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, remember uh, back in the, the days, a couple of uh, politicians got kidnapped and one got killed. Yeah, yeah, in the 70s. Yeah, in the 70s, yeah, they ended up uh, detaining, how many, like 30,000 people or 3,500 people. I forget the number I read, but uh, just yeah, uh, Trudeau, CISA, CISA just hauled people in. Yeah, Trudeau know? called in we, uh, martial law, right? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. He had tanks going down Montreal, right? Because they called in martial law. Like, it was a fucked up time you know oh yeah is it in our history pierre laporte is he... pierre laporte was the guy that they found in the trunk is that the so. story something like that this is a part of canadian history that should be like everyone should know it right it's, yeah. it's totally a really gangster. interesting part right it's yeah it's a, one of the most interesting parts of our history that happened in our lifetime right but hopefully i mean we used to sterilize uh mentally ill and uh and some natives, so you know we're we're not the best historically, but hopefully we've evolved. Well, even now, I mean, even now, like we like can, Canadians like to sit on their soapbox a lot of times and say like, oh, you look down the states, those guys are racist, you know, yeah. like those guys got all these problems. They're all they're all racist, you know. Like up here in Canada, you know, we're not we're 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 more enlightened than that, you know. We're more open minded, right? And you're like, when it comes to black people, probably, but when it comes to natives. No fucking way, man. There's a lot of ra- racists when it comes to natives oh, in this yeah. country, man. And it's it's like that. It, it is like you see more we, of don't it have, here we don't in Norfolk than when I was growing up in Fort Erie. You didn't see as much of it because we didn't have them so close. Yeah, but you. you but know, I mean, everybody around here, it's always a big joke. Go north, or you go w- out west and yeah. stuff like that. And you look, it's they oh, are yeah, treated like a, a like a second class citizen, like another. They're treated differently than everyone else. You know how like. You hear all the people talking in the states, like especially the comedians and stuff. But well, like, no, everyone like talking about black people get hassled by cops because they're kind of like profiled or whatever. But it's the same thing with the natives. Out, you go to like Winnipeg or something like that, and you know the, the natives are getting hassled just because they look native. Sure. Because it's like, well, those are the ones that are doing most of the bad stuff, so we just suspect that they're all like that. So yeah. are we? Are we as a whole as stupid as the Americans? I think we I think we're every bit we should be every bit as guilty as they are for the amount of like bullshit racism and stuff that we have in this country. We have the same amount as they do, but it's more it's more geared towards the natives than it is the blacks. And in the state they, you don't see black ghettos in Canada, but you see native ghettos all over the I mean, place. You see them in Toronto. 
he, you do not. It's yeah, still that even sad. when you see public housing in Toronto, it's freaking nice. Nah, I don't know. It's not like living. <laughs> I used to I used to drive by this one particular townhouse complex that was really scary as an outsider. Like I have no idea what happened. I'm sure yeah. everyone was happy inside. And everything. Well, shit. They got. They, <laughs> if you look at it this way, it's insulated walls. They got heat, probably air conditioning, and they you know like it's got hot and cold water. You know, electricity going to it. It's a pretty sweet pad, right? <laughs> you know, in the in the states they have they have afford like their get their affordable housing there. It's so cheap sometimes uh, that uh, they pay like fuck off for rent, and then they but they spend all their money on TVs and shit. Right. And then they have like these really pimped out like cheap as shit apartment or apartments in these complexes, right? Because they spend all their money on the flashy stuff instead of on the, on the place right? yeah i mean i was always blown away as a kid that uh <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> no i was always blown away as a kid that uh that we had ghetto blasters i always thought that was like the most racist thing you could call a stereo yeah ghetto blasters a ghetto blaster yeah is that because they were the first people to have the, have those we were in the ghetto in, they the, were cheap in the ghetto out in the ghetto and a cold and gray chicago moment <laughs> Uh, that's a great one. In the ghetto? You know that one, In the ghetto. Tom? Oh, yeah. And her mama cried. I, I grew up uh, in Fort Erie, and we had three black families, and uh, <laughs> that was it. But five minutes away over the border, you'd go over there, and there was, it was there was a lot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was hard not you, to be racist growing up in that situation because... There were so many horror stories coming back from it. Yeah, but yeah. It was like the poor any poor Canadian that ventured over there was like victimized or yeah. Even you go to the, you go to Detroit, or... you go to Detroit. It's all black in Detroit, right? Yeah. There's a lot of blacks in Detroit. I was just there. You cross over to Windsor, it's like it's, you got to search to find find one. It's a lot of white people. It's pretty white. Although Chatham was uh, one of the main uh, places where they came from the Underground Railroad. I know there was Chatham a big, one? Yeah, yeah. A big population there. Uncle John's cabin. Uncle Tom's cabin. Yeah. Chatham Way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. But, you know, uh, but it's still weird that on the borders, like you go to Niagara Falls, Canada, Niagara Falls, New York, you know, like it's like. Yeah, it's a big difference. It's a big difference racially uh, that it's more black in, in the state side. So you wonder what stopped and why they. But you know what? You know what's different. Like you go over there, and you're being from prim primarily white neighborhood, I guess you'd call it, on, on the Canadian side. When you you interact with everybody, of course, when you go over there, and the 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 white people in Buffalo mm. have seemed to have no like they integrate very well. Like everybody integrates well. I find, you know, it's a good melting pot there. There's not. You've got some areas, but. Uh, it's not like the, like places maybe no, down the south. No, it's not like deal. Memphis or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 or Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, forget it. No, yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo doesn't seem to have that tension at all. No, no, it it's is. pretty. It's yeah. It's it's You'd like you'd be just as likely to get your ass kicked. Buffalo, more likely to get your ass kicked by a white guy than a black guy. Buffalo is a pretty Canadian American city, wouldn't yeah. you say? Sure. Like, uh, they have a strong accent though compared to us. Though. Oh, totally nasal twang. Like, yeah, I yeah. like it though. I miss it when I'm not around. You know what I find funny is if you meet a guy from Michigan. I met this guy when I was fishing at Turkey Point, and uh, he was uh, fishing off a dock there, like a uh, black guy. Yeah. And uh, I said, "Hey, what are you fishing for?" And the guy says, "Oh, you know, just uh, fishing for some pan fish." You know, like said like that. And I'm like, "Oh, where are you from?" Because I know it's this thick accent. It sounds like a southern drawl. You know, like. Just just going for some pan fish, you know? <laughs> Noticeable, and goes, yeah. And he said, Michigan. 
he's from Michigan. And I'm like, Michigan? Your accent doesn't sound like you're from Michigan. He goes, oh, yeah, like up from parts of Michigan, it sounds like they're really from the south because I think a lot of – it was a lot of that migration up through the – like the, mm-hmm. from the Underground Railroad days that they there was a large pocket of people from the south, and they stayed in that community, and the community maintained that kind of accent. There's a there's a, a, a large number of people, and uh, generally males that I run into in Norfolk that kind of have southern accents. Yeah, I've you noticed know, that. Like, you know, it's the curamen. Yeah, it's, it's the curamen. Right? It's like we, other people talk about the mailman or the milkman or whatever. Ours is the curamen. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the guys all learn to cure their own kills, right? Oh yeah, because <laughs> the curamen kept fucking their wife. That's what I believe. I don't know. Maybe I'm rewriting history around these parts, but I don't know. That's a tobacco joke. If you don't, if you oh, don't yeah. know anything about tobacco, that was that was just. Just for the people in this yeah. <laughs> But you know, it's funny. After our election, a lot of stuff Harper was doing towards the end was similar to, uh, you know, he was going in the same direction as, uh, as as Trump is down in the states. You know, he's going for that same group of people, and it didn't work up here, obviously. No, he was yeah. going for the fear vote. He was going yeah. trying to trying to fe- make everyone scared and and, and well, the, feel unsafe. The old he, what do they call it? Old old Canadians, right? Would old you feel stock. old stock? Yes, old stock Canadians. Okay, let's say let's pretend. Let's just pretend. You know, like that everything that everyone's afraid of is is true. Okay, you're in the states, right? And uh, the Muslims are coming and they're going to blow everybody up, you know? Like, uh, you got to be on watch all the time because they're just going to keep popping them, blowing themselves up all over the place, right? You got to watch out for these guys. They're all loaded, to, ready to go. And uh, it's it's uh, like freaking go time. Americans bought their guns. It's time to use them, you know? It's a big deal, right? <laughs> the shit is hitting the fan, right? Ted Nugent. Right. Out in front. Oh, yeah. It's like just mayhem, what everyone's afraid of. Now you got Donald Trump. He's your commander in chief, right? Yeah. Trump, the Trumpster. He's yeah. your commander in chief, and he's in charge. If he has to say, "I'm going to nuke those sons of bitches," it's going to be Trump that's going to be pressing the button that can determine the world's fate. Oh, jeez. You know the world's fate, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, you know, <laughs> you know, this is a guy he picked. Like Dennis Rodman won the one thing. One time, you know, that's celebrity, a bad, celebrity see, apprentice. Didn't Dennis Rodman win one of those things? He was in it for sure. I think he might have won one of them, Dennis Rodman. Or something. I don't know. I, I don't. He made think... it past the first round, probably. Yeah, I don't know if he's got the best. Good comparison, though. Trump and Rodman. Trump and Rodman. Uh, yeah, they probably get along. Well, Rodman. Rodman went to Korea and talked to Kim Jong Un. Right, <laughs> and he was an amb- ambassador for US the United ambassador. States, yeah, because they love basketball over there. Didn't he start a team over there too? Oh, probably. He thinks the guy's great. He thinks uh, Kim Jong Un's great, the greatest guy. Yeah, he He's just awesome. announced today that they've developed the hydrogen bomb. Good guy. Yeah, not, yeah. not that they they say they they probably hasn't, but you know, it's always nice to know he'd like. Why, why like do they get one? Why do they want to show they're so so powerful? Like it's the penis has to be so tiny, you know. <laughs> It has to be so tiny. Kim Jong-un's just got to stand there and just stare at his little tiny penis and just scream at it, you know? And Because he's how could you be so angry you want to tell people you're going to, like, blow everything up, you know? He's like, I know I'm going to – seriously, I'll blow the, every fucking thing up, even the states. I got a way to blow the states up. That's how fucking tough I am, right? Because he's like, I don't care how fucking small my dick is. I'm going to fucking blow you up. That's the only explanation I can think of. 
little pin dick. <laughs> you know, I think that uh, he's got a little pin dick. Little egg in a nest. Yeah, that's what he's probably got. Yeah. Just the tiniest little dick. Like, remember uh, uh, Ken? You know, in the, Ken from, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, was hangover. it the Hangover? Remember seeing that, hangover two. that Dr. Ken's dick? Mm-hmm. It's very small. Yeah. That's one of the smallest dicks I've seen, right? <laughs> like that kind of dick, but even smaller that make him that angry. Like, I think Hitler probably has a small dick, too. I really do think Because <laughs> honestly, Hitler, had, like that Eva Braun was pretty hot, right? right? Yeah. Not bad looking broad, like especially for the day. I think even today, she's a classic beauty. Eva Braun's a good looking woman to me. She, yeah? You know what? I, anyways, Hitler's woman. He was a pimp, pimp too. I think he had two girls that, that apparently he, he, he took off with when he escaped Germany. I'm watching Hunting Argentina, Hitler. right? Yeah, I love it, man. It's the best show ever, Hunting Hitler. Hunting Hitler. Oh, yeah. You watch it? Oh, yeah, a few times. It's the best. We're going to find that fucker. <laughs> he, they're going to find out the guy lived till he's 100. Still, eh? yeah, yeah, he's still there, just frigging mad, still about the juice. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ah, I can't believe it, you know? 105 or something. <laughs> I don't get Kirby enthusiasm. He's just really angry. I like <laughs> it's an old but I, I don't know but what I'm saying is Eva Braun was hot right but Hitler I think got her through power right yeah. but imagine if you got this hot chick right like Eva Braun right and you got the power you got the hot chick and you got this f- tiny little dick and it doesn't even work right <laughs> it doesn't even work right so you're trying you got this a chance that you know you're trying to uh, take over the world and stuff like that and eradicate a whole religion but then you're thinking, like, you know, I got to tear off a piece once in a while just to get the stress out, right? The PSIs get a little high. You saw Hitler when he makes those speeches. He goes all fucking nuts and his comb over starts flopping and stuff like that. <laughs> and he gets real angry at you. You know that? You know that's kind of Hitler? If Trump's going to be like his comb over. Oh, yeah. What if Trump goes full fucking Hitler crazy, you know? <laughs> Starts growing a little mustache. Like, what if this, what if this whole, like, uh, campaign of uh, Trump's has been him, like, kind of keeping it together? Like, this is this is him, like... Uh, this is a calm before the storm. This is his best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What if, what, if he go, what if he ends up deciding he doesn't like Canadians? And it'll be, like, full Canadian bacon. Because of our water. He's coming after our water oh, or something Jesus. like that. Yeah. Uh, here we go. That's the next oil, right? Mm-hmm. It's the water. For sure. And we got a lot of it. So Canada is going to be the enemy once we need our water. The California already needs it. They're gonna, I'm surprised they did, that pipeline is going to be used for water someday. Well, there's a, a California company right now that's suing the Canadian government for $30 billion because we, they had originally got permits to export bulk water and tankers Oh yeah, down to California, and then they, the D.C. government stopped them. So instead of uh, fighting, they just sat back for 10 years. And all of a sudden, they've jumped out of the woodwork and saying, "Well, over the last ten years, we would have made thirty billion, and you guys screwed us." And pay, oh. pay here we go. Easier it's only the beginning. The, easier to plead the case. Wait till wait till all the, the Chinese investors that uh, just signed the uh, trade deal with Harper uh, realize if, if uh, Trudeau starts to uh, enact some new environmental laws to shut them down, mining, whether mining oil, yeah, yeah. they're going to be able to go to international uh, closed door tribunals. And be able to sue our government for money for lost income, because uh, we're blocking them from making money. What? How, that's just the that's just the breaks. You know what I'm talking about? It's just the breaks. <laughs> if you're if you're like a restaurant and like uh, all of a like uh, let's just say I don't know like you're you've got a restaurant and it's across the road from a high school, right? Yeah. 
and it does really good business because you serve lunches to the kids walking over and then you have a breakfast crowd that comes in or whatever and all of a sudden the high school closes and like can you go to the government and say hey or the county or like you know the, the provincial the government board. or whatever and say you can't close that school it cost me my living right you know that's my business that's you just chased away you well, can't do it you like uh, you just can't do it, right? Well, when the when the conservatives got rid of, uh, and I won't say Harper anymore because he's fucking dumb, but uh, when they got rid of all the uh, waterway protection acts, so that the mining companies could use uh, the tail, you know, all yeah. waterways as tailing ponds. Like you have them watching in Gold Rush. Yeah, yeah. Right, they're doing it the same sort of deal, right up there, up north. But they, there's so many uh, foreign investiture, yeah, and so much uh, Chinese. Like, who are we kidding? They have uh, taken all their money for from making Chinese, like, fucking yeah. toys for the Happy Meals and they reinvested it into something yeah. worthwhile. Like, they've done it. I, I saw a guy on, a, on, a, on an interview on the news. He worked for one of these oil companies, right? Suit and tie kind of guy, you know? He's sitting out there, and uh, they're talking about all these people are laid off because the oil patch is a bust right now, eh? Like, yeah. it's because uh, the price is shitty because it's what the OPEC's doing, right? They're mm-hmm. lowering the price so they can fuck over the oil sands and people like that and it's working right sure so a lot of people are like the boom's done and like a lot of people gotta sell their place that they probably bought when it was overpriced you know like it's the whole correction right this guy comes on there and says well you know there's lots of good opportunities like in another part of other parts of the country you know just go there you know and that's how it happens you just gotta pack up and go and like this is what we do it was we have these big centralized bullshit things we create and let all the all the people have to come in and do it you know do this one project that makes us look good it makes one big enormous company even more rich you know wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they we just they they said we've gone over peak oil now meaning we've used more than half the available oil but let's just say forget all this uh tar sands forget the arctic exploration uh leave it alone we won't do it and use up the easily available sweet crude for cheap that they're using on the saudis and then just convert to another energy source like maybe it's time for the end of it all yeah right Right? like instead of just keep looking and looking and looking and digging up more like when it becomes to the point where it's either too expensive or it's too much of a fucking hassle to deal with these people then you're gonna, and that's what I mean. Like when you factor in the cost of the military, to what it what it means to be involved in that region to get the claims on the oil, yeah. you know, and you tack that price tag onto it. Maybe you should get an alternative source to be cheaper. You know, it's not unreasonable to think that, right? But they're already, yeah. they're, I mean, we, well, I think we've been inching towards it for years. Like agriculture's ahead of everybody. They with uh, biodiesel and stuff like that. Mm. It, it, it's quick and easy. They they've switched. The diesel works pretty good. Well, biodiesel, uh, what people don't realize is that that carbon has been sequestered by plants. Like for questioning? No, sequestered meaning the, the, say, the greenhouse gas, carbon dioxide gets absorbed by plants. Right. Converted into plant material, right? Right. So if you use that and then burn into a fuel, it's a carbon equal. Like you aren't adding. All our problems with greenhouse emissions has always been dig it up from the ground, then burn it, and now we're just adding it out of nowhere. Oh, okay. Right? So if we could convert to biodiesel, then we could curb and, and reduce and, and eventually come to an equilibrium where the environment and our and our, our expulsion of, of carbon fuel or uh, 
greenhouse gases equalizes. So, you know, we got to get away from digging up oil anyways. They already know that if we dig up a, a, all the oil. They and can. Yeah, they should. And if, if we can get rid of even the, like, they got all this coal still they're talking about digging up. I mean, it's just nonsense because they know if we dig it up that uh, our, our, our greenhouse gases are going to get so high that oceans are going to heat up. They're yeah, gonna be, yeah. you know everything they're going to be too coming everything's going to fucking collapse yeah that's bottom line so what's yeah. the point it's retarded you know what it is you know, too it's a race uh, to the end uh, there's been a lot of companies who have like switched over to green or whatever like mm -hmm. gone hardcore on switching to green and a lot of them have shown that they've made more money as a result and uh, as if and that's kind of a tipping point right there if you can do both sell a good picture that you're being good to the environment and make more money you know, then it's going to happen, right? Somebody's got to come, come up with a technology that you can put anywhere in the world to create energy. So you can put it in third world countries, and you got to put it there for free. Otherwise, they're going to keep cutting down every tree they can to, to cook their meals. You know, that's what? just the bottom line. When there's too many people, that's what they do: use up all the resources. So yeah. we got to give them the resources for fucking. You know, you should do nothing. every uh, gym in the country. Yeah, hook to the hook grid. up the treadmills. Hook yeah. up the treadmills, everyone. That's Pete Van Dyke. I, I already lost this. Well, election. you know, ever since they've come up with the uh, uh, Tesla <laughs> Tesla capacitor, right, for storing energy. Oh, yeah. So those uh, superconductor. No, it's a it's a capacitor that you could put. Say you got solar panels, like, like the, the flux DeLorean? capacitor, like nah. on a DeLorean. No, yeah. it's it's a way to store energy. Okay, right. so that you can use it. Well, say the sun's out, you store the energy and then you use it up when you need. It. Or you can store energy when it's cheap, buy it at, in the middle of the night, charge up your your uh, your storage device, and then Sounds use like it during the, use it during the day. So. Uh, you know, now that they've got those, uh, I'm sure that some gym somewhere is going to definitely hook up the treadmills because you can charge up and you they can run all their lighting just from people running, just like hamsters in a cage. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, why don't we do that? And also, because we've never had batteries big enough to store the energy. Now we right. do. Well, geez. And you figure, I don't understand if the wheels are turning on your car, isn't it just making energy? Like, like isn't that the same thing? It's residual from the combustion of fossil fuel, right? They can make That's where they. Hydrogen from our garbage. This was. No I'm sorry. Uh, so he said. Uh, ben said that they're making hydrogen cars that run from hydrogen. Hydrogen that comes from garbage. Yes. Yeah. That's that is like Back to the Future, right? Yep. Mr. That's Fusion. what he made in the car, right, Mr. Fusion? Flux capacitor, flame and burnouts. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> fucking great. If you take all your garbage that you throw at the side of the road and turn it into a scientific equation, yeah. and if you heat it up to a certain temperature, it breaks down to its molecular level and turns into a gas. Right. And it works out to uh, hydrogen and carbon monoxide, the one that kills you in your basement. Yeah. And uh, both those can be burned. They yeah. have energy. And so the hydrogen can be taken away sequestered you don't just have and, to be and burnt, put into a, a car in your garage you can do it too right yeah, no you can do it anywhere not just your basement <laughs> yeah the base not just your basement garage yeah your pool shed yeah we could do it in pool shed this thing i don't think is very tight though i don't think this is very tight i don't i'm not sure <laughs> maybe it is i did a good job with the insulation but there's a few little nicks in it so <laughs> So, uh, 
we were what I wanted to say, Tom. This is actually the uh, scientific question I wanted to have you in for. Okay. Um, so Trump, eh, he seems like he's going for the dummies, right? Right. That's and uh, I find that there, like, I used to think that everyone thought like I do, right? Like I thought like <laughs> everyone's like, I thought this is how everyone's got a brain, and then uh, so my brain works this way, so everyone's brain must work this way, right? But it's not true at all. It's not even close to being true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> a lot of people don't think the way I do. And so, in fact, a lot of people don't think, period, at all. They don't have original opinions. They don't. They only are like observers. They do what they're told. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have independent thought at all, right? Right. It's it's uh, it's uh, scary. They're like zombies. They're like kind of like a different breed of human. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's very difficult not to believe everything you read on Facebook. <laughs> and that's the problem. Everybody's buying into everything they're reading, right? So, you know, whatever, like, yeah, whatever they get fed yeah. in little sound bites or little. No one uh, looks into it. You know, they not just, really. They no. just develop a blanket opinion and an emotional reaction, and it becomes validated. And even if you look at the news nowadays, they interview like idiots on the street that know nothing about nothing. It's like me interviewing you guys. <laughs> people listening to this show, you know, like something like that, you know. They just interview people on the street, and that is their experts, you know. Like some jackass, what do you think about uh, the Syrian refugees and the guy? I don't like it at all, you know. No, because they're, they're afraid. Yeah, or whatever it is. ignorance, right? Same yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs> it's ridiculous how we give those people a, a platform. Everyone thinks their opinion is, is valid. But a lot of times, a lot of them are uninformed. They don't do any work, and they have no business uh, spouting their opinion off at all, right? On certain things. Right. That's right. Right? It's like me talking about, uh, 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 like, abortion, you know? I might have an opinion on it, but it's not my fucking concern. You know, I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not my right anyways, you know? Like, it's nothing to do with me. I'm, uh, I have a vasectomy and uh, I have no business uh, talking about that ever again in my life. You know? Yeah. It, but, the, the, but while we're on that, that guy who blew up the abortion clinic in the States or like that uh, Parent, Planned, Parenthood. Planned Parenthood or he shot people, did he? The, the baby protector. The baby protected. You see him in court? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nuts. Like, he's uh, fucking out of his head, right? And th and they're afraid of the Muslims, but this guy's fucking terrifying as well, you know? The Christian terrorists are just as bad. But why don't they call that terrorism, you know? I would say I have no problem saying those other people in California were horrible terrorists. I, I agree. Those people were terrible nut jobs. The guy that, that blew up or that shot up the Planned Parenthood in Colorado, that guy was... Uh, Nut job, you know. It was an act of terrorism, same as what the other people did. If that guy was Muslim, that would have been a terrorist act. But that guy was Christian, so he w it was just a just a crazy guy that shot up a place, right? Well, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, whatever, they just would have said the guy's fucking crazy, right? Right. It wouldn't have been terror. It wouldn't have been terrorism at all. It just would have been cuckoos, right? Right. And unfortunately, now, and Timothy McVeigh is a prime example, like. uh you know they've they've generated this ability to grasp the media's attention, um, all and then we get fed it like and like just bah, right down your throat. So is it happening more than now than it did hundred years ago? I don't know. Like I think there's just crazies everywhere, whether they're Muslim, whether they're white supremacist, whether they're uh, ultra religious, yeah. whether they're just fucking nuts. Well, I think there's uh, the internet gives them all of a, a voice, right? You have. No matter how nuts you are, 
you can say whatever the fuck you want on the internet, right? You can you can have you can go as crazy as you want, as militant, <laughs> as racist, as sexist, as as evil as you'd like to be, and you can get a following of of other people who are as mixed up or people that are just like these blank slate sheep that just are looking for something, some sort of community, and they fall into one of these ideologies that are just fucked up and they just buy into it, you know? Sure. Still... The, welcome to life in the Dutch Hall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm hoping to do the same thing, but I, but I hope it's not just based on I'm not, like we're not going to be drinking Kool Aid someday. Or, but like I, ISIS is really no different than Jim Jones or uh, no. Like you know, remember the uh, uh, bot clan? Remember the the they were waiting for that comet to come by or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the hell yeah, bot. Hell bot. Yeah, yeah the, the hell bot group, and then there was. Um, the Waco, Texas guy, David Koresh. That's yeah, he wasn't. He guy. was a little. No, Jim Jones. They all like. That's I'm a Jonestown more, the Jonestown massacre. The Jonestown. I'm talking more of the voluntary kind of, you know, not voluntary, but yeah, we kind of know what we're doing. People who decided to kill themselves for a, yeah, for, for a for a, a reason, and that that's what ISIS are doing. They're just grabbing kids from all over the place: UK, France, Germany. Yeah, know, it's they, a cult. It's a cult of a of a of a fucked up ideology that even the people within that religion think is fucked up, but they uh you know but they because it's it's ruining it for everyone else you know mm-hmm. like Mahabal Lee's pissed off right you know he's saying Jesus Christ you know I never did any of that stuff I was a champ you know like <laughs> Kareem Abdul Jabbar said hey, you yeah. guys you you guys used to really like me I played for the Lakers remember I was an airplane yeah. you guys liked me and yeah. now all of a sudden you think I'm a freaking bad guy like right. you're not letting my family in. You know, I lived here. I was born here. You know, can't be mad at me now. I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know. This sort of stuff's been going on, though. Like, we hear about it in the Middle East more, but it's been going on in Africa for decades, you know, and the same sort of shit. But they're just even farther more uh, desolate, you know. They, yeah. Even they're starving for resources. So you get power people, and they just take control. And next thing you know, there's too many people. Let's just go take some machetes. Oh, that take that, them out, you know. Those power struggles are immediate. Like they'll have changes of government, even within one country. There's like little pockets that are ruled mm-hmm. by different, mm-hmm. like guys that just like this warlords, one. right? Warlords, yeah, yeah. And the kids are all running around in jeeps with automatic weapons, uh, chewing. The, what are they called? Cigarettes. No, they they, they eat that. Uh, this, I wish I could remember the name of it, but there's some drug that they chew on all the time, and it's like a. Stimulant. And oh yeah, yeah, wild, right? Yeah, yeah. I see that. I saw that on like Blood Diamond or something, right? Yeah, they yeah. fuck the kids up. Hey, uh, uh, I think is. Do you see that Blood Diamond? That's oh, terrible. Like it really, it really screws you up. Like it's a good movie. It's right? a real good movie. Well, I get all worked up about it, eh? Like I, those kind of movies, they take a lot out of me. Oh, when you watch it's that, intense. Yeah, like that. That what happened to that kid? Uh, like that. that but over, over the, over the, like. Where they made like over they a made them into and they fucking put their arms over the bar and with oh. a fucking machete. Uh, no, and they make the kid kill and oh, stuff yeah, like that, yeah, and right. the kid's got to like like kill a person, and then it moves up and he moves ends up. up in this like ma- and he doesn't even like he turns away from his family and stuff moves like that. Moves up a rank in the little individual oh. armies. Yeah, oh, it's a terrible thing. Yeah. There's another movie about it now that's out. It's supposed to be a good a good one too. I can't remember the name of it, so I shouldn't have brought it up. Anyways, um. I want. Where we were going with that? We were talking about. I wanted to ask you when there's dumb, when there, you know how those. I was saying there's those people that don't think. You know, like the guy that shot the rocket launcher and killed himself. What's that one? 
You can see that the ISIS guy shoots a rocket launcher in the building and, and he hit the wall or something and it blew up, blew him up, blew the camera guy up. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. see that no online. Yeah. All right. That, that's that's pretty good. That's like he gets all those virgins and stuff like that. It's kind of a... It's kind of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're all like really horrible choices. There's a reason why they're virgins, you know? Like they're just terrible, you know? Like they're, <laughs> yeah, real smelly and gross. Or they're men. They're all ma- male versions. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> damn it. Man. I didn't know that. I should have read the fine print. <laughs> uh, so the dumb people, do they, uh, with, what is different? Like, what is different in your actual brain to make some people, like, think and other people not think? You know what I'm saying? Is there some part of your brain that works different? Like, what would make... Oh, I think everybody thinks. They just... Everybody's perspective and intelligence level and experience gives them different views. Well, what makes... And how do you interpret it, you know? But what makes... uh, Like, what part of your brain makes you smarter than another person? Like, what makes you intelligent? Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh... Like, a frontal lobe... Like, I don't care what you are. Like, uh, in any walk of life, whether you be, like, uh, uh, you know, a plumber... A farmer, a, a, a banker, a, a teacher, whatever it is, right? You, uh, uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's, but based on the old nature and nurture, everybody's got potential, right, for intelligence. And but if you, has... but if you're good at what you, do, there's people that are good at what they do, and there are people who are just fucking like, to, like they're just time wait. They're just people that sit in the seat. Status you know, quo. they're just idiots that are asking, "What do I got to do, boss?" And they do it. They don't anything autopilot every day. They don't want more. They don't think about anything. They just do gladly what they're told. Well, because some people have had such uh, disenfranchised lives, like they've just no opportunity, no real money. They end up, you know, parents maybe are gone. They just watch TV. You think it's all? It's all like just so some kids are going. Some huh? kids are their parents are dragging them to the opera, and no, and it's not all. Because I, I would say like there's some kids that are like. I'm like saying I, there's a lot of intelligent kid, people out there that just aren't using their, their capacity for intelligence anymore right. because we've been sucked into the boob tube and they just sit around and they get they believe whatever they're fed, whether it's yeah. on their phone or... Well, they don't value it. They don't value it anymore either. They used to search out the, the, the smartest people in the country and they try to solve problems, right? That's how they used to like have... Men, that's why Mensa got started and stuff like that, right? They were searching for these, these bright minds to do something you don't hear about those think tanks anymore do they still exist do you think oh yeah i think i think uh, by sure numbers alone we've well got, i guess got, the internet's yeah. kind of a big think tank isn't it mm-hmm. if you had a problem you just do it on the internet and then you know what you're doing right yeah anyways we're gonna leave uh this show with one one story i wanted to we'll see if this one uh I was. Uh, I think it's kind of nice because my daughter helped me write this. I thought it was a funny story with my daughter. So we go to the doctor, right? We go to the we go to the doctor, and uh, we're sitting in line. As I'm walking in to go check in at the doctor's office, um, I see a woman carrying a baby. You know, and she's kind of walking through through the the waiting room. And then I look as we get into line. I look to the other uh, the other side of me, and I see another baby. Uh, in the chair, you know, with his with its mother, and I got a car seat or whatever. And I turn to my daughter and I say, "Wow, there's a lot of babies in here, right?" And uh, and my daughter my daughter looks at me and she's like, 
there's two, right? It's not a lot of babies, you know. It's it's two, right? It's like, and I'm like, yeah. Why did I exaggerate so much? It's only two babies. Like, in order to be a lot of babies, you guys got to be more babies than you can count. Would you say? That's a it's lot like, of babies. unless it's like it's a lot of babies to have in your pocket. You know, that's what I thought. Is a lot of babies to have in your pocket. And then my daughter says, it's a lot of babies to find in your backpack. She says, <laughs> and I thought. You know, it's a lot of babies to see smoking a cigar, right? And then it's like, but even like, it's so stupid that I was, that that, that I said a lot of babies. Like, it, it would be different if it was like, it's a lot of babies to see at a strip club, but it's not a lot of babies to see at a doctor's <laughs> office, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's understandable there's going to be babies at the doctor's office, but I'm like, <clears throat> you know, it's not like you're seeing, you know... It's it's a it's a really logical place to see a baby, right? It's like a lot of babies to see like at a at a frat party, you know. It's a lot of babies to like find in a dumpster, you know. It's not like a lot of babies to see in a doctor's office, you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I have to exaggerate. You know, there's two babies in here, you know, and actually the one baby walked through the door, so it was only. She actually looked and she says. Baby, then it's a toddler. I don't even see. Now his mother is carrying it. I should say, yeah. He he didn't do any walking. That lazy prick. <laughs> a lot of babies. Anyways, that's our show. A lot of babies. Two. So we have to plug anything before we go. Well, we should. We should talk about Rick Natris. The Rick Natris episode is coming out on Christmas Eve. So uh, should be out Christmas Eve for people to enjoy. If you're traveling to. Uh, one Christmas party after another, put in Life in the Dutch Hall, if, as long as uh, you like having your kids listen to filthy language and hockey stuff. <laughs> yeah, it'll fill your day real nice. <laughs> yeah. A new Christmas Eve Otherwise, <laughs> Otherwise, stay tuned. The next the next show we should have, well, well, the next show we will have will be our season three premiere. It'll be the, the uh, season three premiere, oh. which I, I think might be the morning show. And then uh, Rick Natchez and holiday season. So we might do the... We have to. We have a lot going on with the show, so stay tuned. If you'd like to give us some feedback, go to uh, go to uh, life in the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. Otherwise, you go on Facebook. You can like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, uh, share my episodes, or retweet them. And uh, I'm also on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. Oh, <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn. Wow. I like to add one useless thing after <laughs> sure. after another. I also have a Google Plus thing. You know, but <laughs> yep. no one's used that. No. No one will ever use that. <laughs> no. I should get a MySpace page, maybe. There you go. Yeah. Or Foursquare. There's, it's all, uh, there's too many at too this many. point in time. Every option. I'd like a Tinder account, but I'm not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Can't swipe right. Yeah. Anyways, until next week, we will uh, see you NT. See you next Thursday. Hey, Beaver, I forgot to bug you about your new backpack. Oh, yeah, I know. Good. Married for a week and you come with I've that. already fucked it up. I forgot to. I can't believe I didn't rip you about that fucking god awful eh? flowery it's bag. terrible. Flowery pink bag. Oh. Thanks, Steve, for saving the band. Yeah, thanks, buddy. That is some. 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 That is. Some. That is, some. That is some.